You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dad Well, I think once we get through the injury report, which is um, Kingsley's out, AJ, Jair, McDuffie, Whelan, questionable. On the other side, Cleveland Furl is out, and Dre Greenlaw is questionable. Once we get through with that, which we just did, we're going to move on to the most important thing that we do all week, and that is Positivity Sunday, or in this case, Positivity Saturday. That is, for those that are new, where we throw caution to the wind, and we live in a universe where there's only one reality, and that reality is Green Bay doesn't lose. So once we finish up with the housekeeping, which, you know, we did already, we're going to go ahead and get started. In fact, why don't we start with this? Um, this will be a nice little tone setter here. I want to play this video for you. This is uh, Up and Adams, K Adams and Up, I guess. And uh, I don't know, Stats on Fire is who she's talking to. I'm just going to play this through real quick and then uh, some commentary from... Uh, one of our family brethren on uh, the social medias. Brock Purdy, is he big game tested to your standards of feeling comfortable in this matchup? I think he is, and he's more big game tested than Jordan Love, that's for sure. Despite the fact that Brock is a year younger than Jordan Love, he still has more playoff experience because, remember, Brock played in two full playoff games last year, beating the Seahawks and the Cowboys. So he's got more playoff experience than Jordan Love, And I think he's got less pressure on him because Jordan Love is going to have to be Superman to win this game. Brock Purdy is just going to have to do what he's always done, get the ball to the playmakers, and let him work. So for reference, this Stats on Fire guy is sitting in front of jerseys and hats and all kinds of memorabilia that is all San Francisco 49ers. Looking at his social media, it is um, host of GSN 49ers, ESPN Radio, blah, blah, blah. He's a 49ers fan. But uh, Mr. Austin Kruger on social media said this perfectly. It's at Austin Kruger underscore. Purdy has one more playoff win than Jordan Love and both beat Dallas in the playoffs. What are we even doing here? Love beat Dallas, Kansas City, and Detroit this year. 
Purdy has beaten Dallas and a mid-slump Eagles this year. The 49ers-Packers game has made folks absolutely delusional. So I know I've kind of already said this, but let's elaborate on this a little bit. How many truly elite football teams are there in the NFL? Let's go through this real quick. Let's look at the teams that are left, because I don't think anybody is not in the playoffs that you would argue is a premier football team. There's eight teams sitting here. I don't necessarily think Detroit qualifies, but you could say Detroit if you want. Tampa Bay, I don't think does. So let's just say it's Houston, Baltimore, Green Bay, San Francisco, Detroit, Kansas City, and Buffalo. And for those of you who are talking, well, Tampa beat Green Bay. Yes, and Arizona beat Dallas. Is Arizona better than Dallas? Okay, then can it. The Buccaneers beat the Packers mid-slump, okay? Aside from that, they beat the Panthers, the Falcons, the, the Jaguars, the Panthers again, and then a completely inept Eagles team. I'm sorry, I'm not freaking impressed. That was after coming off a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, nearly six-game losing streak. Anyways, those are the teams. If you really want to narrow it down, you could say, you know, you could even add, maybe you could add Dallas. Dallas, Baltimore, what, San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City, do those five? How many of those teams has San Francisco played? How many? If we're including Dallas, it's two. They won one and they lost one. Look, you want to know what... We, we, I said this before. When Baltimore and the 49ers played each other, that was the Super Bowl. It was the best NFC team and the best AFC team. And Baltimore made the 49ers look like they didn't belong in the NFL. They beat them 33-19. to 19. It was a complete joke and it was in San Francisco. So congratulations for them beating up on a bunch of worthless teams, but when an actual playoff team came to their doorstep, they beat the living freaking daylights out of them, all right? Just pounded them into the dirt, laughed at their offense and their defense. Offense couldn't even score 20 points, and the defense couldn't hold them to under 30. So again, it's like, well, if you look at their point differential and all that, yes, 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 they beat the living crap out of bad teams. I said this last week about Dallas. They beat the crap out of bad teams. They lose to good teams. The question is, what are the Green Bay Packers? And right now, what we saw were a good Green Bay Packers team. And I said, if Green Bay plays like a good football team, they're going to beat Dallas. They went in there as a good football team, and they embarrassed Dallas. So the idea that we're, we're looking at this team, and we're looking at their total record, and we're looking at their point differential, and we're looking at, listen, it doesn't matter. All this is, for most of these playoff teams, it's just you spend the whole uh, regular season beating up on teams that are not qualified to stand in the arena with you. Baltimore did it. 49ers did it. A lot of teams do it, right? Packers didn't really do it because they were struggling for part of it. But if you look at down the stretch, if they'd been playing like that all year, yeah, they would have a 12, 13, 14 win record. So what? So what? This game, you cannot judge this game based on who did a better job beating up garbage. This game is about who's going to show up when you're actually going toe-to-toe with a tough team. This is where the Packers have failed in the past, by the way. This is where the Packers struggled in the past. Yeah, they, they would beat the living daylights out of every regular season team that just couldn't quite hold up, but you go toe-to-toe with a real made-of-steel football team in the playoffs, that's when the, play, that's when the Packers struggled. The Packers are kind of like Dallas. They were great against bad teams. And, and honestly, kind of like the 49ers, great against bad teams. That's not the question. The question is, with everything on the line, with everybody watching, how are you going to perform? And from what I've seen from the Green Bay Packers and from Jordan Love is when, when you're going up against the best, you're going to get their best. The Packers' first playoff caliber team they went up against was Week 12 against Detroit. Everything before that was just meh. That was the first actual playoff team they went up against. 
They beat them 29-22. The next week, they go up against the Kansas City Chiefs, beat them 27-19. Now, again, technically Tampa is a playoff team. I don't think we treated them as a playoff team. We even went into that game saying, if we lose to the Tampa, this is a freaking joke. So it wasn't the mentality at the time that this is some elite playoff team. Oh, my goodness. No, it wasn't. Then we get into a win-and-you're-in situation, lose-and-you're-out situation. How did they perform? 33-10 against Minnesota, 17-9 against Chicago. Then they go up against another premier team against Dallas, beat them 48-32. There has never been a time when we've looked at it and said, either this is a truly top-tier playoff team, or you have to have this win, and the Packers didn't perform. Not one time. Show me one time. Falcons? Week two? You could say Detroit week four if you want, if you, if you want to say that we knew that they were going to be a playoff team, I guess. I mean, they were a two and one football team, but sure, yeah, maybe they were a lock. The bottom line is this team rises to the occasion, and you get the best version of the Green Bay Packers when their back is against the wall. When's the last time the 49ers won a meaningful football game? I mean, you, you probably would say it was the Eagles game, because at the time you actually thought the Eagles were a good football team. They were 10 and one at the time. Didn't realize they were going to go 1-6 and six down the stretch. But yeah, at the time, they showed up. And, and, and what happens when one team shows up and another team is the Eagles? You win 42-19, to 19, I guess. Baltimore and the 49ers, man, that, that was the game. And Baltimore made them seem like a joke. That was their Kansas City Chiefs game. And not even, because they were considered equals. That would be like Packers-Bears. But here's the thing. Baltimore put up 33 on them, right? Yeah, but that's Baltimore. That's a different animal. Baltimore ranks second on offense in terms of their weighted offensive DVOA. Green Bay is third. You want to you wanna run that by me again? You want to try that again? As far as the Packers maybe not being able to do that? And here's the thing. Let's, let's go ahead and look at the correlations and whatnot. The 49ers are undefeated when a team scores 16 or less points. They are 9-0. and oh. They are 3-5 and five when a team scores more than 16 points. They are 2-4 and four when a team scores more than 19 points. And they are 0-2 oh when a team reaches 30 points. Now, this seems so odd because if you look at it, supposedly they have the number one offense in football. They have at least a top five offense, depending on what metric you're looking at. So how could the bar be set so freaking high, I guess, for the defense? How, how is the offense seemingly so inept? You would think you'd need to score 30 to even have a chance against the 49ers. You're telling me? That they have a losing record when a team scores more than 16? How could that be? Because we're talking about bad football teams. They run up scores on bad foot. I'm talking about 35 points against the Cardinals, 28 against uh, uh, Seahawks, 27 against the Bucks, 31 against the Seahawks, 30 against the Giants, 42 against the Cowboys, 30 against the Steelers, 34 against the Jaguars. They don't do as well when you're trying to keep pace with a team that's actually scoring points, though. Only three times did they win over 16 points. They won 42-19 to the Eagles, which 19 is not a lot of points. The only kind of shootout was the Arizona Cardinals. They won 45-29. Otherwise, the only other win they had was 30-23 against the Rams. 23 points. So any scores over 23, they've won one game. You say, well, it's hard to get there. Yeah, sure, it's hard to get there. But again, Baltimore just did it. And if there's any offense right now that can do what Baltimore did, it is the Green Bay Packers, who in my estimation, based on recent history, have the number one offense and the number one quarterback. You know what else we got? We got a real good running back that's, that's doing some special stuff. You want to know some interesting running back statistics? 
They are 8-0 and when a running back has 70 or less yards. Or I shouldn't say a running back. The team as a whole has 70 or less rushing yards. They are 4-5 and when a team rushes for more than 70 yards, which I don't know if you know this, that's not a lot. You know what else they've been doing a really good job of is not turning the ball over. Remember when I talked crap about the Chicago Bears and I said their defense isn't actually that good. They just get a bunch of turnovers. Here's some interesting statistics. Um, when when their defense has two or more turnovers, they are nine and one. When they have one or less turnovers, they are three and four. They have a losing record, a losing record when they only have one turnover or less. So if they don't get two turnovers in this game, they're already behind the eight ball. If they don't hold us to 70 yards, they're behind the eight ball. If the Packers get to 17 points, they're behind the eight ball. By the way, it's not all that much different for our defense. Do you know what their record is when they don't get to 27 points? They're 0-5. 0-5. This, this, this game is very simple. Don't get blown out and you're going to win. These are stupid numbers. 27 is a lot of points. 16 is a really low number for our offense to be able to get over. 70 rushing yards isn't that crazy. Don't turn the ball over two times or more. I mean, we're not, none of these are crazy things to ask for. But you look at these 49ers wins and they're all just blowouts. The Dallas Cowboys, 42 to 10. So didn't hold them to 27, didn't quite get to 17 points. Did you rush for 70? No, we only got 57 rushing yards. Oh boy. Well, did you keep the turnovers under two? No, we turned it over four times. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's why you lost then, huh? Yeah, that sucks. And listen, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I understand that the 49ers play a role in these things. Run defense, right? Getting turnovers, scoring lots of points, not allowing other teams to score a lot of points. But the 40, 49ers don't win small. They don't win shootouts. They don't win close games. They, they beat the living crap out of you or they lose. You know the closest win they had this year? You know what the score was? 23-30 to 30 against the Rams. That is the closest victory. Seven points. They didn't have a single win under seven points. The close games that they had, they lost 21 to 20. They lost 1917. They lost 22 to 17. Don't get blown out and you win. Before we take a break, I just need to remind you that we're going to be doing a live stream. Probably start around seven o'clock. Um, going to be streaming the game, not the actual game. So you can't watch it on the stream. That'll get my channel shut down. Um, but we're just going to be hanging out. It's going to be uh, me and some of the crew just kind of talking football as we go along. And I'm talking about the chat section, not like on the screen or anything. But uh, we're just going to hang out. We're going to have some fun. And it'll be on YouTube, Packernet Podcast. It'll be on Twitter, Pack underscore Daddy. It'll be on Facebook, Packernet Podcast. Uh, do me a favor, just so you don't forget, subscribe. Hit the little bell notification on YouTube if you wouldn't mind. That way you'll get an update when the stream goes live. And again, you can just pull it up on your phone, have it there next to you. When something crazy happens, just jump on your phone and, and send a message or whatever. You don't have to sit there and stare at it if you don't want to. It'd be cool if you did, but you don't have to. But uh, just be, go a long way in supporting uh, what we're trying to do over here. And it's a lot of fun. The more people, the merrier. But why don't we take our first break? We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So before we move on, I just want to elaborate. It just occurred to me um, one thing about what I talked about before. The 49ers have not proved that they can win tight games, right? What do you call that? What do you call these, these you know, dig deep, grind it out, type of football games. You call that playoff football. That's what you call it. I'm sorry. I know 40, the 49ers have a lot of talent, but how about this? The 49ers are not built for this. Maybe they beat the Packers. This team is not going to win a Super Bowl. Because what happened? What happened when the Baltimore Ravens showed up into their house? And I already talked about it, but think about this. An actual playoff-ready team that is built for this, that is not just going to get pushed out of the way, that is not going to get disregarded, that is not going to just be some pushover team that you can run up the score on and feel all good about yourself. What happens? They crumbled. They fell apart. They ran into a brick wall and they cowered. And you know how I know? Because we've been watching that for years as Packer fans. You think you're all hot stuff. You think you're the best in the world. And then you run into a brick freaking wall and you crumble. You don't know how to respond. You don't know how to react. The 49ers for years have been the tougher team. That's not the case in this game. They are not the tougher team. They're not built for this. The Packers have won blowout games. They've won close games. They've won offensively. They've won defensively. They've won high-scoring games and low-scoring games. 
48-32. The week before that, it was 17-9. The week before that was 33-10. You got a blowout. You got a low-scoring game. You got a high-scoring game. You got good defenses with Dallas and Chicago. You got good offenses with Dallas, with Kansas City, with Detroit. They know how to win the games. Whatever it takes, we can rise to the occasion and bring what is needed to win the game. When has San Francisco ever demonstrated that this year? The Green Bay Packers have to punch this team in the mouth and let them recognize this is not going to be some pushover team. You're not getting your blowout today. You got to be ready to go blow for blow. You got to remember to be four quarters. You got to go all 12 rounds. Are you ready for that? And this is also a team that is not going to give you a minute to wake up and warm up. It's been a couple weeks. Let us get warmed up. Bull crap. We're going to win the toss. We're going to take the ball. We're going to score. I hope you're ready because if you don't score on this drive, we're going to get the ball back again and we're going to score again. You got one opportunity to score or we're going to start this blowout right now. We're not here screwing around. Step up to the plate or just get out of our way. But I want to, I want to play a clip for you here. This is Stephen A. Smith. And, and for the record... Everybody on this show, NFL on ESPN, very complimentary of the Packers. It, it made me very happy to hear everything they had to say. But we're doing a thing here. We're trying to get pissed off and fired up about the game. So we're going to ignore all the positive stuff they said and just start with this because I got to critique some stuff. By the way, everybody said, I shouldn't say everybody, two out of the three. I haven't heard the last guy. Um, very, very complimentary of the Green Bay Packers. Great head coach, great quarterback, all this stuff. But... The Packers are not going to win. Here's Stephen A. Smith talking a little bit about why he thinks that this uh, this whole thing that's going on comes to an end. Give Green Bay a boatload of credit. Give Coach Matt LaFleur a boatload of credit. I have no doubt about that. I don't know if we're going to see Aaron Jones running the football like that again. I can't see that happening. Not against San Francisco. And if you can't run the football that way, it's going to put more pressure on you to throw, which is going to give those brothers an opportunity. Greenlaw and, and, and Bolster and the rest of the crew. Warner and those boys an opportunity to come at you. I understand. San Francisco's secondary has looked suspect from time to time, but up until Baltimore beat them down, we thought they were the best team in football. I think they remind us of that this weekend. I think offensively they put Green Bay in a hole, and obviously Green Bay is going to find itself having to dig itself out, which means they're going to drop back to pass, and Jordan Love is going to be target practice for that front seven, and I think it's going to get severely compromised. Green Bay goes down. We applaud them for the season they had. We definitely applaud them for sending those damn Cowboys home and making the Cowboys fans across the globe as miserable as I love to see them be. I thank them for them, their efforts, their production. It is very, very, very much appreciated. But it ends now. You- so I'm trying not to be all cordial about it, but that was that was obviously that was that was great. Uh, but here's the problem: his 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 entire reasoning is flawed. It all starts up front, right? It all starts up front. We can't run the ball. When we can't run the ball, we're going to have to throw the ball, especially to dig ourselves out of a hole, which is going to be the the whole thought process there. We're going to be behind, not able to run the ball, throwing the ball. Then they're going to tee off. Jordan Love's going to be hitting the dirt, and it's just going to spiral out of control. Probably a, a site that has been seen many times in these 49er games. Let me ask you a question. Why does he think the 49ers have a good run defense. Why does he think the 49ers have a good run defense? Well, they are third on defense in rushing yards and fourth in touchdown, meaning third least amount of rush yards, fourth least amount of touchdowns. So, duh, right? 
Well, not necessarily. They have the least rushing attempts of any football team. They're 14th in rushing yards per attempt. And why are the rushing attempts so low? Well, because teams are passing. They're 30th in passing attempts because teams are passing and passing and passing. Why? Probably because they run up the score 42 to 10 on everybody. And so everybody has to do what? Pass. And remember, when I say everybody, I don't actually mean everybody. I mean all these garbage football teams that the 49ers blow out. It skews the stats. But the fact of the matter is, on a play-to-play, run-to-run basis, they rank 14th. Well, what about DVOA? Well, DVOA, they rank 15th in run defense. Middle of the pack. Here's another thing that might be interesting for you to realize. Dallas ranks 5th. The Dallas defense was significantly better than the San Francisco 49ers run defense. But that's not all. You know who ranked 6th? The Chicago Bears. <laughs> we... Jordan Love and the Packers ran for 124 yards against the Bears and 143 against the Cowboys. That's the number six and the number five run defense defenses in the NFL. So actually, the 49ers do not have a very good run defense. Their best run defense is their offense, which scores a lot of points and then forces teams to throw the ball. And guess what? I'm sorry to tell you, that's not going to happen. The Green Bay Packers are going to run Aaron Jones down their freaking throats all day long because they want to back off Bosa so that Jordan Love can pick these freaking morons apart. That's what's going to happen. So Stephen A., much respect. By the way, stop calling Jordan Love a brother. He's not your brother. He's our brother. You want to throw a cheese hat on your head, you can start calling him brother. But much due respect to everybody on the panel that gave their flowers to the Packers. But if you're going to pick the 49ers, you better have a good reason. And you didn't give any good reasons. They have one really good pass rusher, and he's really good. But you know who's better? Micah Parsons, and the Packers freaking erased him. The 49ers have a good defense. It's tough to run against them, according to some people. You know who's better? The Dallas Cowboys. Now, what they do have, despite Stephen A. Smith saying this isn't true, saying that, well, you know, their pass defense is a little suspect, well, maybe in a couple games you saw them get carved up. They have, according to DVOA, the fourth best passing defense, which is rough, right? But something for you to chew on. The fifth best passing defense, Kansas City Chiefs. The seventh best passing defense is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys had the fifth-ranked defense, the 49ers have the fourth-ranked defense. So what is it exactly that the 49ers have that you don't think Dallas has? What is it? They don't have a better pass rusher. They don't. They don't have better run defense. So, I mean, you you got Warner, right? Really good linebacker, always has been. Congratulations. You got a good defense. You got some good pieces. Go ahead and send the dogs. Send Bosa and Armstrong and Hargrave and, and Chase Young. Send them. We'll have Aaron Jones. We'll be running screens. We'll be running leaks. Go ahead. Or you can stay back. Entirely up to you. By the way, I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, come on, trying to get some, some negative takes that I can get angry about, but I, th- there's just so much love for the Packers, I, I can't help it. So let's just let some of these guys in on the party. Here's Stephen A. finishing, and then um, immediately the how dare you start, which I, I freaking love this so much. The love for the Packers is out of control. In fact, I got a bunch more of these clips queued up. The love for the Packers is probably over the top, but I love it. I don't give a crap 
I love this so much. Francisco goes to the NFC Championship game. Jordan Love ain't gonna do much this this, this coming weekend. You oh no, get, that's, that's Steve, no, 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 Stephen A. That's where you're wrong. Because here's the thing: I expect San Francisco's gonna win this game, but that don't mean that Jordan Love can't. You gotta huh. give respect to the hottest quarterback in football, like Damian said, since Week 11. Yep. Nobody has a better QBR, right. and you also have to give props to the hottest play caller mm. in the NFL, which is Matt Lafleur. Think about this: this is the first year that Matt Lafleur has been able to implement his offense, not Aaron Rodgers and that Hackett's offense. Offense, but actual his offense and you saw that against the Dallas Cowboys how they put defenses in a bind by being able to marry the run game and the pass plays mm. think about the touchdown to Luke Musgrove the formation the action there was a run play to Aaron Jones a couple of plays earlier on that drive that's what led to Luke Musgrove being wide open Close and enough. the closest nearest defender was the post safety 25 yards away that's what Matt LaFleur is capable of doing. And Damon- I, lo- I love everything about this, Chris Canty, but Conti, Canty, you say Conti? I think it's Conti. By the way, I love that he acknowledges that that's Matt LaFleur as opposed to everybody else's lazy take that that's a blown coverage by Dallas and further proof that Dallas just gave the game away. He talked about the pass protection for Jordan Love. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with the personnel for the Green Bay Packers offensive line, but it's also the formations that Matt LaFleur is building out for his offense. It's clear that there is a protection-first mentality. Keep Jordan Love so, clean, and he's going to look like so. ladies love Cool J, not Todd Smith, but Jordan Love last week dropping back, licking his lips at the Dallas Cowboys secondary. <laughs> That's what he's going to look like. The San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers. Ah, ah, you, really, no. you compared Jordan Love to LL Cool J? How dare you? That's what I'm going to he's going to play like that, that's what I'm going to call him. That's how good he was against the Dallas Cowboys. That's how good he was. You could say that. That's good stuff right there. By the way, since we're on a positive train here, because uh, I tell you what, and, and this, is, this is the thing. This is, this is the, the ammunition needed. Number one, let's actually look at the 49ers and what they are. Right? Am I dressing them down a little bit too much? Probably. But it's, it's, it's important to recognize that this is not some superhuman Goliath that is just destroying everything in its wake. It's like Godzilla walking through a city, stomping on people as it walks through. Like, cool, bro, but I'm, that, that doesn't help me decide whether you're going to beat King Kong or not. And the other part, part of this is the King Kong aspect. This is not just some citizen walking down the street getting smashed. This is King Kong. Everything that we've been saying about the Packers, especially the offense, the coaching, the play calling, and the quarterback, especially, especially, is 100% real. Here is NFL on CBS. Rick Spielman, former GM, former GM of the Minnesota Vikings on the NFL on CBS podcast. Here is uh, a little clip for you. Next five years, rank these quarterbacks that you would take from the 2020 draft in the order that you would want on your team. I'm going to go with Jordan Love. Oh, gosh, I love it. I think you're a victim of the moment, but I don't disagree with it. I'm actually in towards Love as well. Go ahead. Just to be clear, sorry about the music, by the way. It's very obnoxious, but it is what it is. I think it's because I went with the short. I could have gone with the whole video. But the 2020 class, which has Joe freaking Burrow, granted injuries, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, who was just in a Super Bowl last year, Justin Herbert, who has consistently been considered one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL that is being victimized by a bad football team, and Tua Tungavailoa, in that class, you have Ryan Wilson of CBS 
and former GM Rick Spielman saying that they would take Jordan Love over these other guys. Just based on the little, I, I that's that's shocking. And no, it's not because of the the, the contracts and everything. Because Jordan's going to get paid too. They're all roughly the same age because they're all in the same draft class. It's staggering to me that Jordan has propelled himself to this degree. If you want to know how absolutely unbelievably good he's been, the fact that he has surpassed Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert in particular, forget Tua and um, Jalen if you want, although Jalen I think does deserve a lot of credit. He's probably been falling off a little bit based on the team around him collapsing, but he still deserves to be relatively high. It's shocking to me that he is number one. You got the two. I'm going to go with Burrow, too. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Herbert, too. The Joe Burrow injury history is what concerns me. I'm Herbert. going with Herbert, three. All right, I'm going to go with Burrow, three. Two are Hurts. Hurts. You know what? I think I am, too. Man, does that surprise you, Debo? Two, two is five for both of us? No, I expected two to be five. So, <laughs> the if you had to pick a quarterback to quarterback your team for the next five years, Tua would be in last place. Jalen Hurts would be in fourth place. It is a toss-up between Joe freaking Burrow, who was like the number one quarterback in football when he was healthy, and Justin Herbert, who again, probably a top five talent. And then number one, both of them picked Jordan Love. That's who's going into San Francisco. And let's let's compare the quarterbacks a little bit, shall we? Let's talk about Brock Purdy versus Jordan Love because I think it's it's um, similar to what we've been talking about in terms of showing up when it matters the most. Jordan Love's highest graded game of the entire season came in the wild card game against the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy's best game came Week Ten against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jordan Love's second best game of the season came week 13 against the Kansas City Chiefs. The second best game for Brock Purdy was against the Washington Commanders. Uh, His third best game came against a win in your in or losing your out to Minnesota Vikings game. You had a 91 PFF grade. Brock Purdy's third best game was an 86 grade against the Arizona Cardinals. Jordan Love's fourth best game came at Detroit week 12. He had an 87 PFF grade. Uh, for Brock Purdy, it was the Dallas Cowboys in week five. Now, we can we can be impressed with that if we want. Again, this was two weeks after Dallas just lost to the Cardinals. They have a habit of, of doing those kinds of things. But sure, we'll, we'll say congratulations on that one. But what about the other tough games that matter? There's not many of them. But how did he do against Baltimore? Because that's your playoff game. That is your Super Bowl. How did he do? He was 18 of 32 for 255 yards, zero touchdowns, and four interceptions. Jordan Love against Dallas was 16 of 21 for 272 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a 92.5 grade. Brock Purdy had a 64.9 grade, 62.8 passing grade, compared to Jordan Love's 92 passing grade. You can say, well, that's not fair. Baltimore has a good defense. What did I just say about Dallas's defense? Do you remember that? Bottom line, if Jordan Love continues to play like he's been playing, we win the game. I I don't know that I've ever... It's really a shame the Giants and Tampa Bay games had to happen. I mean, Jordan wasn't terrible. He had a 65 passing grade and a 66 passing grade. But it's still, when you look at it, it's almost been like elite, 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 elite. Week 12, 13, 17, 18 in wildcard. All rated about 90. He 
had an 88 passing grade against Detroit, 91 against Kansas City, 91 against Minnesota, 90 against Chicago, and 92 against Dallas. He has had elite passing grades five out of the last eight weeks, aside from this little rough patch in the middle. Five out of his last eight. Brock Purdy has had one elite passing grade all year. Rodgers in 2020 had five all year. And that was from week one all the way through the championship, which he had two games in the playoffs. Or in the, champ- in, the, in the playoffs, I mean, not the championship, although it was the championship against Tampa Bay, conference championship. Jordan Love has had as many elite passing performances in eight weeks as Rodgers had in all of 2020. Now, none as good as his game against Philly or week one against Minnesota, but still. I, I, I cannot overstate how unbelievably elite Jordan Love has been these last eight weeks in particular. And, and you can go back further than that if you want to. Um, but, I mean, you can go back to week nine if you want. Week nine was his awakening. Week 12 was his, like, next step awakening where he went from, like, good to elite. But the Giants, Tampa Bay, and Carolina games happened. And even Carolina was not bad. He had a 72.3 passing grade in that game. It's just a shame that it happened because it's such a far cry from how elite he's been. Again, th- this is this is not even just like he's good. This is not even he's he's the best quarterback in football, which I think is true. I think this is what we've seen the last eight weeks is one of the best quarterback performances we've seen even as Packer fans in our lifetime. Do you know how many 90 passing grades uh, Aaron Rodgers had in 2021 when he won his second MVP? One. And it was an 89.6. Technically, it was zero, but if you round up, one. Do you know how many Rodgers had in 2019? Two. 2018? One. 2017, he got hurt. Uh, 2016, he had three. 2015, one. 2014, heck of a good year, three. 2013, injured, he had one, and it's a roundup, 89.5. 2012, he had one. 2011, he had two, believe it or not. 2010, he had three. 2009, he had one. Jordan Love in a half a season has had more or has has tied Aaron Rodgers' number one season in elite passing grades in a season. And he did it in a half a season. I I I I don't know how to further illustrate how insane it's been for Jordan Love. So going back through doing an, an official tally, Love has four since week 13. Um, week 12 against Detroit was basically elite, but it was an 87.9. So it's in order from 2008 through 2023, it's 0, 1, 3, 2, 1, 1, 3, 1, 3, 0, 2, 2, 4, 1, 0, 4 since week 13. If he has an elite grade any time this postseason, whether it's this week or the week after that, a week after that, or however long he continues to play, he will have passed Aaron Rodgers' most elite passing grades in a season. I, I just, I just want to know, like, what has has this ever happened? I mean, Dak had four this year, so that's obviously really impressive. Josh Allen two, uh, Tua had two. I'm just looking at the guys with the highest grades, and Dak did it in a six week span. So I guess he did do something similar. And then fell off a cliff. So hopefully we don't see that from Jordan. 
But my goodness. See, last year Joe Burrow had four. Pat Mahomes had two. Ay, ay, I'm just I'm seeing if anybody I'm seeing if anybody has five. 2021, Joe Burrow had three. Tom Brady won. 2020, Tom Brady had three. Deshaun Watson had one. Pat Mahomes had four. So again, not five. So if he gets it, I gotta I maybe I'll just reach out to PFF and say, has anybody had five? Somebody had to have. I'm just not seeing it. Anyways, why don't we take our final break? I got some more clips to run through. I'm trying to find more uh, stuff that, you know, kind of some fuel, but everybody's just so positive toward the Packers, which I, I guess I can't pretend to be upset about it. But we'll take a break. We'll come back and hear from a little NFL on CBS. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is uh, Will Brinson, R.J. White, and Alex Selesnik, I guess. And uh, R.J. White is the resident expert, apparently. And Will Brinson is going to ask him, kind of, how does this Packer game compare to the Texans-Ravens? Which is a fantastic question, because they seem so similar. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be watching the Texans game, Texans-Ravens. And... On one hand, I, I there's a part of me that's like, you know, it's it. I, I kind of want to root for the Ravens. I just respect what they've done, the the coach, the quarterback, the the organization. It just feels like they're kind of one of those organizations that's been grinding at this. They've they've waited their turn and it's their time. Same with like Buffalo, similar to the 49ers, But I could give two craps about 49ers. I hope they never win a Super Bowl because they're complete freaking trash. I hate them with a passion. But on the other hand, I feel like there's such strong parallels that I'm going to be rooting for the Texans just to give me more hope for the Packers. If the Texans just beat the crap out of Baltimore, it's going to be like, see, we can do it too. There's like a kinship between the Packers and the uh, and the Texans. And in fact, if those two go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be making a good amount of money. And if in fact the Packers beat the Texans, I'm going to be making a lot, a lot of money. JJ, you better have placed that bet for me. So, but I mean, even, even beyond that, I don't really care. I really don't. That money was just for fun. It is what it is. I give myself an allowance. Plus, I think it might have even been like gifted to me on one of the sponsorships, a couple bucks they throw at you just so you can actually participate. So I don't expect to get anything out of it. I genuinely want the Texans or feel like I'm going to be rooting for the Texans for the sake of the parallels between the Texans and the Packers. So I'm going to be very, very immersed in that game and very excited about that game. And if Baltimore blows them out, although there really is no direct tie it's going to make me nervous. But anyways, here's what RJ had to say that, again, I wasn't expect. I just, I always expect negativity toward the Packers. I feel like I'm so, this is going to sound pathetic, so traumatized. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. So traumatized based on how the Packers have been treated the last, I mean, especially last year, but it even feels like the last couple of years. It's just people look for reasons to hate on the Packers. It's been a while where it just feels like the love for the Packers is maybe more than it should be. Um but here is the answer to that question. A boss who has pretty much dominated him for most of the year, for much of his career. 
Yeah, the interesting thing is this is the seven seed, but I feel like the underdog is better than the other matchup, and I feel like the favorite is worse. So it feels like mm. if you think if you think you look at these these two lines, you should be on the underdog here and the favorite on the other one. Or if you think one of those lines is right, then that's that should you know direct your play on the other ones. It should be a much stronger play there. Eleven of twelve of twelve San Francisco wins have been by double digits. The other just missed by a meaningless last second field goal that week two Rams game where they kicked field goal and make it seven, which all betters know that had seven. Um, you know, so why are you doing that? Um, or save them, you know. But uh, many of their wins look less impressive in retrospect. When you click through their game log, you're talking about teams like Philadelphia, Dallas, Jacksonville, Seattle twice. Teams that turned out once they their season ended, it was like, oh, maybe these teams weren't as good as we thought all along. And San Francisco has built a lot of their, their wins like that. Now, I'm not calling them a fraud by any means. I'm just not convinced they're in the Baltimore tier. That's why I say Thank that you. they're worse than the Ravens here. As evidenced by the game against Baltimore. Um, even though my ratings still have them, even with the Ravens. And I actually bumped my Packers rating up a decent amount. Um, I was a lot, been worried about the defense. It's played better the last few weeks. Maybe the, that Panthers game where they were atrocious was a wake-up call, and they've got things figured out now. But that offense looks like impossible to stop at this point. I mean, 48 points in Dallas is incredible. I know some of that was defensive touchdowns, but... Jordan Love playing like a top quarterback here. Um, I think they can cover this game. Not putting it, uh, uh, you know, against any any odds of them winning this game. They can go into San Francisco and win um, if he continues to play well and spread the ball around. Um, so I, I think if you're going to play this game on the spread, you play the Packers. In terms of our little competition, I'm making this my receiving prep. And I'm taking George Kittle over uh, 22. Okay, that's enough. So all that I'm 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 on board with. And I, and I think that that's exactly how I'm feeling about stuff. But the the... The interesting and kind of awesome part about that that I think is probably correct, although I, I wasn't sure how people felt about Texans versus Packers. I kind of felt most people were leaning more toward Texans, especially since C.J. Stroud has been the talk of the NFL for a long time and Jordan Love is kind of new. There's still people out there I saw on that that last clip um, or however many clips ago it was when they picked Jordan Love as the top 2020 quarterback. The comments were like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. The guy had one game against Dallas. It's like... The, a lot of people have no idea what he's been doing for a half a season. No idea whatsoever. Allow me to elaborate. All right, man. Saturday night, Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Same line, nine and a half. The number one seed 49ers are favored against the Packers. Yeah, and uh, similar kind of analysis initially. I think that's rich. I mean, the 49ers are a fantastic team, but... Green Bay right now is playing incredible football, and Jordan Love is playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL. The two things I don't know what to do with, when a, when a quarterback's playing great, you know, you acknowledge that and you give it credit. But as we've said the last few days, like Jordan Love's at a different level right now because I, I just can't believe some of the throws he's making. I, just, I, in, I know there was, there's a few plays like third and longs the other day where there were some wide-open receivers. He's had patience in the pocket he has that you you don't necessarily teach it this way for quarterbacks he sits deep in the pocket but that's more of like a let's create space and give the offensive line a little bit more breathing room and i'm going to sit behind because i can um, because i can get it there with my good arm strength he's he's doing these things that are that other quarterbacks do we won't even make comparisons that are just backbreakers for the defense and i just I guess my concern is even if he regresses a little bit, like he should regress a little bit in that, like you can't play at this level all the time, can he? And if he regresses a little bit, are the Packers in trouble? Um, and then on the other side, the 
I'm trying to figure out here. The Packers defense, just three or four weeks. So before we even go down that road, that's 100% where I'm at. So first of all, the spread seems insane to me to say nine and a half because you're essentially saying Jordan Love is not real, right? I don't care about what the, 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 you think of the Packers' defense. If Jordan Love is real, I don't know how the 49ers keep this Packers team away from at least getting near 30 points. Are you saying it's a guarantee the 49ers get 40? I don't know what you're talking about. Here's a list of teams, by the way, that the 49ers had a spread of, in their favor, 9.5 points or, I guess, less. In other words, you know, higher numbers, but lesser because it's negative, you know? It was um, week six against the Cleveland Browns. They were nine and a half point favorites. They did not cover. They lost that game, 1917. Ten and a half points against the Giants, who I feel like... I mean, j- just think about the level of disrespect here. Week three, the 49ers are going up against the Giants. That was 10.5. This is 9.5. We're saying those are similar. They did win and cover, all right? And they, they covered a lot of these, but it's, it's not the point. It's the point is, what freaking team are we talking about? The next biggest spread was negative 12. That was against the Arizona Cardinals. Aside from that was Tampa. Tampa's not as good as the Packers, but did they cover that? No. After that is Seattle. Not as good as the Packers, did not cover. Aside from that was Washington. 14 points. Terrible football team. And then 16 and a half for Arizona. Garbage football team. I mean, what what is what is this? I mean, to be fair, shockingly enough, they were six point favorites against Baltimore. I, I feel like they are there is an unbelievable love fest for the 49ers. Six point favorites over Baltimore? What freaking, where was I when, when that betting was going down? That feels like an automatic bet. Not even that they're going to win, but just, I mean, they feel like 50-50, right? It's just, it's just such a disrespectful Vegas line for the Green Bay Packers. And it, it essentially means we don't believe in Jordan Love. We think the 49ers are way better than they are with zero reasons for that. I mean, just nothing at all to back that up. And that isn't to say they aren't a good football team, but you have them six Six-point favorites over Baltimore, who's a better football team? Are you out of your freaking mind? So I just, I just don't, I don't understand other than, you know, zero disrespect, uh, zero respect for, for Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Jones, and, and the defense. I'm not saying the Packers should be favorited, but you want to come into this, you know, with your home field advantage at what, four-point favorites maybe? Or, or call it six and say we messed up with Baltimore, but we think maybe this would be like a six? Something like that, I don't know, but nine and a half? Again, this has nothing to do with whether or not it's going to happen. This is just, does it make sense based on all the available information? And the answer to that question is no. Then I'm going to play this clip just because it feels so good. It just feels so good. Just to hear these words is just, again, we're just going to, we're going to dote on Jordan Love. And we look, we need him in this game. I, I think if we get the Jordan Love that we need, we win. If we don't, there's a very good chance we lose. And And the Jordan Love we need, and I'm not saying that, Jordan loves a piece of crap if he gives us like a 79 performance. Um, but if we, if we get another 90 from Jordan, we win. If, if, we, if we don't, it's, it's very much up in the air. But um, I'm loving this so much. Here's some more Jordan Love chitter chat. Um, the Jordan Love thing, 
I, what I love is, I love listening to Matt LaFleur. It was like, um, Go on. it was almost as if after the game, his son brought home a perfect report card from school. And he, <laughs> and he loved his son, but he thought of him as a B-plus student, and he got all A's. He was literally like, wow, I don't even, that's a dude. Like, it's almost like Jordan's been good at practice and good, but it's like Jordan went to a different level that Matt couldn't even explain. You know the inner workings. Matt's one of the smartest guys, nicest guys in the league. Has Jordan even surpassed what they thought? Because they liked him more than the media did. They sure did. And there were signs. Look, I follow everything that's said publicly. And Mark Murphy is the president of the Packers. He really speaks one time in the offseason. It's at that shareholders meeting. Yeah, yeah. He had two comments at the shareholders meeting back in June that I thought really stuck out. One of them was, uh, now we get a chance to see Matt's true offense. And that was taken at such a slight to Aaron Rodgers. Like, what does that mean? The, the Rodgers not, and it, it was real. Like, yeah, Rodgers does audible out of everything at the line of scrimmage and sees it. And a lot of times is freestyling, which is great, which makes him Aaron Rodgers. And he had the green light to do that. But Matt's true offense is run by an operator, someone who says, okay, and is able to do what the coach designs. Second comment from Mark Murphy was, it's going to take him half the season. It's going to take him half the season until we know. And you know what? They were two and five. They were three and six. Yeah. It took them half the season. Yeah. And something clicked. And I think it was in that Steelers game, which they lost, but something clicked. And then Jordan Love's been the best quarterback in all of football the last two months, if you've been watching the regular season. And now, and part of it is the confidence that LaFleur has been giving him and giving him the green light to do more and more. And part of it is he just needed to get his comfort in the system and his comfort on the playing field. Right now, I don't think there's a more dialed in quarterback in football. And that includes Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, you name it. And Colin, I made this point last week, you know, there are 15 different players on this Packers team that were born in the year 2000 or the year 2001. They are also the youngest team in NFL history to ever win a playoff game. Oh, and by the way, all of their guys that are on offense are either rookies, second year, or third year players. Yep. They don't know any better. Yeah. They don't know they're not supposed to beat the Cowboys. They don't have the scar tissue of all those Aaron Rodgers trips to San Francisco or when San Francisco came up to Lambeau. They are all fresh and new and wide-eyed, and they almost are their ignorance and their naivety is almost a good thing as they head to San Francisco, in which no one's given them a shot. By the way, sorry about all the audio cutting out. I don't exactly know why it's doing that. I don't know if it's my little device over here or what's going on, but... Whatever. Look, the bottom line is I can do this all day. The, the amount of gushing over this team is is unbelievable. There's also a lot of, um, I mean, again, even the gushing is usually, but I think they lose. There's plenty of, of shows where they all pick the 49ers, and I'm sure there's a lot of stupid reasons why they did that. But I want to end with this, because I can't think of a better way to end this show um, in hopes of a playoff victory on the march to a Super Bowl. Here is Lil Wayne... And his prediction about the Green Bay Packers game. Of course, I'm going to ride with my Packers, but okay. I'll be the first, second, third, fourth, fifth to tell you that it will not be the same type of game that was, we had in Dallas. Those people would be ready mm-hmm. on, at, on every side and at all ends. And I, much respect. And mm-hmm. it ain't even about love. It's much respect first mm-hmm. to Brock Purdy because he's not a system quarterback. Mm-hmm. Isn't he's and if he and when he is a system quarterback is one of the best, if not the best system in the league. So, so you win a it, tight game, a very tight one, yep. and I got it. Mm. 
was in the Okay, day. 28, 24. And are you are your emotions mixed because you do know Kyle as in Shanahan? Yes. And he did name his son after you because he is such a fan I of love yours. Kyle too. Carter is the name, obviously, yeah. of his son, yes. of his three children. Yeah. Okay. It, does that sort of mix you up a little bit or blur your emotions at all? I'm kind of that's why for this game I'm kind of feeling like key. I mean, it's a win-win situation. Okay. You win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win situation because I also know that if the 49ers advance because of the connection with Kyle, I'm still going to probably be at the next game <laughs> just rocking, hoping that he make it. Okay, and get so all the way through. if on a scale of 1 to 10, your prediction a week ago was a 10 in your confidence level, yeah. this one predicting Green Bay over San Francisco at their place mm -hmm. is at a what on a scale of 1 to 10 confidence? 10. This ain't a diss, but um, 